You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hello there, listeners, and welcome to episode 14 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I'm going to be talking to you about the different types of gardens that you can grow and who should be growing them. So whether you live in an apartment, you have a small yard, you have a big yard, you actually have several different options for starting a garden. I'm going to go through what those are, what kind of cost you're looking at, what kind of upfront work you're looking at, all that good stuff. But first, a word from today's sponsor. So for a lot of us, we like the idea of starting a garden, but There's so much information out there and there's so many options. And I wanted to kind of break it down into four easy to understand options that you have when trying to start a garden, just that you can understand kind of what you'd be in for. Let's say if you're looking at starting a garden period or you're looking to upgrade your current setup to kind of a bigger operation. The first type of gardening that I absolutely love, and even though I have a much larger garden, I still practice this, is container gardening. Container gardening is probably the easiest form of gardening there is. It's also probably the least expensive kind of gardening there is. Really, all you need are containers, soil, and seeds or seedlings. It's kind of funny because a few months ago I gave a coworker a tomato seedling and she was really excited about it and she's like, what do I do with it? And she's like, oh, well, you, you, just, you need a pot, a container to put it in. She's like, do I just get that on Amazon? And yes, absolutely. You can, you can buy pots, you can buy planters, containers on Amazon, but you can also find them just down the road at your Home Depot, your Lowe's, your hardware store, you know, your local feed store, anything like that. Really easy to find. You can get the ones that you're used to seeing, like the orange terracotta pots. You can get plastic pots, all different ones. They just need to be big enough to hold the plant that you're looking at. Typically like an eight inch pot is going to be big enough to hold one herb. If you are trying to plant something larger, like a potted tomato plant, you're going to want a larger container, like a 14 inch you know, diameter container. A container garden is really great for apartment dwellers. If you have a balcony, if you have a sunny windowsill, it's, I mean, it's the perfect, it's the perfect option. It's inexpensive. It's low intensity. If you accidentally kill your plants because you gave them too much sun or not enough sun, or you went on vacation, you're, you're not out a whole lot of money. You still have those containers and that soil and, and you can try again. Plus there's no digging. And more importantly, for some of us, there's no weeding. Weeding is a constant job when you have a larger in ground or raised bed garden. Containers also require no cultivation, otherwise known as digging and hoeing. 
um, and they and it helps control pests. So the effort is low, the chance of success is often higher since there are fewer destructive critters around. And you don't need tools. You don't have to go out and buy a spade. It's it's really it's really kind of nice. You can just use your fingers. Also, if you're new to gardening, sometimes remembering to water your plants can be a struggle. If you're not if you're not used to it, it's easy to forget. And the nice thing about containers is you can put them in a place where you'll notice if they need water, like you'll you'll see them wilting. Um, finally, if you have room, you can take some of your perennials, like your sage or your rosemary, your oregano, those, and you can move them in off the balcony, keep them in your windowsill, and put them back outside next year. You won't have to start them from seed or buy new seedlings again next year. Honestly, the only downside to container gardening is you're a little limited in the size of plant that you can grow, but there are lots of vegetables and fruit that you can grow in containers. There are a lot of different varieties of of vegetables and fruits that they breed specifically for growing in smaller, more compact versions that that are great for containers. So tomatoes, for example, you can grow tomatoes in a container. You can grow strawberries, peppers, blueberries, beans, you can grow root crops too, like garlic, onions, carrots, and, and then obviously you can grow leafy greens like spinach, leaf lettuce, tons of herbs, pretty much any herb. You're really not as limited as, as you th- might think you are when it comes to container gardening. It's a really great place to start if you're thinking about starting a garden. Next up would be no-dig gardening. This is what I started out with when I started my garden because the soil in our area is like 90% really, really heavy clay. It's very, very common in Northeast Kansas, in the Kansas City area, to have just this really heavy, stodgy, awful, hard clay soil. And it can make gardening really hard. And no-dig gardening is really pretty easy. Basically what you do is you go get a bunch of garden soil, compost, topsoil, and just pile it on top of your existing soil and kind of make these not not just a pile you spread it out and you make kind of like these even mounds of it and then you plant your seeds and your seedlings in these mounds so with no dig gardening you you obviously want to pile that good soil up at least probably about a good six inches so that the roots have enough space to grow down because also that soil throughout the growing season some of it's going to wash away some of it's going to start to settle and that growing space is going to get a little compacted and shortened but by the time they reach the you know, quote unquote, bad soil, or in my case, clay soil underneath, hopefully the plant roots are strong enough that it can kind of make its way down into that clay soil as well. So it's moderately easy. It can get a little expensive depending on where your dirt, where your compost comes from. We are really lucky in that we have a municipal compost Um, system set up nearby where we can go and we can go get like an entire truck bed full of compost. You just, you bring your shovels, you bring your tarp, you throw it all in there, you drive it home. Then of course you have to unload it into wheelbarrows and wheel it around to the back of the house. 
it's a dirty long day but it's free good compost so that's what we ended up doing and it was free really all we had to pay for was the gas mileage to go do it that said obviously you're going to need some materials you're going to need wheelbarrows because even if they deliver it the compost or the topsoil whatever even if you have it delivered they're not going to take it to your backyard for you. Chances are they're probably going to dump it in your driveway on a tarp. Um, that's as far as they're going to take it. So you're going to have to put it in a wheelbarrow. You'll need shovels, rakes. You'll need small gardening tools. And then, you know, obviously you'll need to buy or source that, that soil, that compost yourself. If you have your garden down on the ground or in the ground, obviously you're going to have to start worrying about pests. So you're going to need some sort of fencing material, um, even if it's just really simple, like three foot tall chicken wire to help keep the rabbits and stuff out. In addition to keeping rabbits out, any garden that's on the ground or in the ground is going to have more insects that come with it as well. And sometimes that's beneficial insects, sometimes it's destructive insects things that eat your plants, things that eat at your fruit. So you're going to want to be prepared to deal with those insects, those destructive bugs, when they come knocking. Fortunately, you don't need a whole lot of materials when it comes to that. All you need is a cup of soapy water and maybe a strong stomach if creepy crawlers are not really your thing. Wear gardening gloves and you can kind of just pick them off the leaves or pick them off the fruit throw them in the soapy water, and because the soap helps break the surface tension of the water, the bugs won't float on top. They'll sink down to the bottom, and they will eventually drown and die, which isn't nice, but it's them or your garden, as I like to always say. The next type of garden, the third type of garden, would be raised bed gardening. This is what we have in place now. It took us eight months to build our in-ground raised bed garden. We have eight raised beds that are four feet wide by eight feet long and it's all fenced in. Just like that sounds, it was pretty hard to build. It was very involved and it was honestly really expensive. Probably the most expensive of all your options is raised bed gardening because you can't just buy any lumber to build a raised bed garden. So a lot of the lumber that you see in your big box hardware stores like Home Depot and Lowe's has been treated with chemicals to make it rot resistant. Obviously you don't want those chemicals leaching out of that lumber and into the soil and then into your food. So you want to avoid using any sort of chemically treated that includes pressure treated lumber. You want raw lumber. So a lot of different types of raw lumber are naturally rot resistant. Cedar is one of those and that is what we built our raised bed garden out of. We built it out of raw cedar. The nice thing about raised beds is that they make your beds more accessible. They're higher up off the ground, so it's not as hard to kind of stoop down and get to stuff. This is great if you have joint problems, if you have back problems, if you're a little bit advanced in age. and. It, it's just honestly, it just makes it a lot easier. Um, you also get the benefits of no dig gardening. You don't really have to dig because you're going to end up filling those raised beds 
with compost, with soil, just kind of like what you trucked in for the no-dig gardening. And you kind of just replenish that soil, bring in more as the soil settles or as it gets, you know, leached away out through through the beds, through the, the joints in the beds, that kind of thing. And just like no-dig gardening, raised bed gardening is a really, really great solution for if you have problems with your native soil like I do with our heavy clay soil. Finally you have cultivation gardening. So cultivation in the gardening world is just a fancy word for digging or hoeing like I said earlier and it's hard. You're basically working with your native soil and you're using a variety of amendments to make that soil better. So if I have clay soil, I'm going to want to add things like gypsum and sand, compost, things that add organic, aerobic, that means oxygenating material to that clay soil. And and that requires a lot of digging. It requires a lot of mixing. It's like stirring the base mixing bowl with the thickest batter in it ever. It's not fun. And you kind of have to keep doing it every year. If you want your soil to improve over the long term, it will eventually, but it takes a lot of work. It costs less than raised bed gardening, but you know, you're going to need a shovel, you're going to need a hoe, a rake, you might even need to buy or or rent. Um, a lot of big box hardware stores will rent out rototillers. You'll need, you know, those same small gardening tools like a spade, a claw rake. You'll need to buy any of those soil amendments. Um, so it's, it's definitely takes a lot of work, a lot of commitment. It takes less work and less commitment if you are blessed with just naturally great soil. There are some people who live in really fertile areas that, that they don't have to add a lot of things to their to their soil. It's Their topsoil is still rich, still in really good shape. And if that's you, I'm really, really jealous of you. If you're not sure if that's you, go back and listen to my previous episode about the different soil types. That'll help you figure it out. You end up having to weed a lot more, um, so that's what the hoe is for, is to kind of to disturb the soil, to kind of cut off and clear out any weeds that kind of pop up between rows, between plants, near plants. You're going to, just like when you're dealing with weeds in your yard, um, it's going to be the same thing. If you're, if you're using the dirt that's just in your yard, weeds are going to grow just as easily there because you're not as intensely controlling the soil environment. So those are the four different types of gardens. If I had to rank them, I would say container gardens being the easiest, no-dig gardens being pretty like medium slash easy, raised bed gardening being a great solution, takes a lot of hard work up front, but after that is pretty easy. And then cultivation gardening is going to be the most difficult, the most time consuming. But for some of us, it's the only option that we have. So that is it. I hope this kind of helped you decide um, maybe what type of garden you want to start or what type of garden you want to level up to. If you need a little bit more information, go to my website at bnbasil.com and search for types of gardens and it should pop right up for you. That's it for today and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. 
Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.